Hello everyone. In this podcast, I'd like to discuss stem cell research, or more specifically, why scientists would rather use embryonic stem cells as opposed to adult ones. Now, many of us have heard of the term stem cell, but do we know what it actually is? To be able to fully discuss uh, the difference between embryonic and adult stem cells, I think we need to go back to the beginning and talk about what a stem cell actually is and what the technology involves. How do we harvest these different types of stem cells and what actually could they be used for? I mean, primarily they're used for therapeutic purposes, but what exactly can we achieve with stem cells? So we're going to look at adult versus embryonic, but first of all, let's take it back to the beginning and talk about where these actually come from, these stem cells to begin with. Let's begin with the word total potential. If you hear the word total potential and you're asked, what what does that mean? What do you think it means? It sounds like something has maximum potential to achieve something. If you say somebody has total potential, you would say that they they're able to, to do, become anything in a way. And if we take the tote part from total and pot from potential, we get a word totipotent. We combine the two, and the word totipotent is an actual word used to describe stem cells. Stem cells that have this total potential, if you like. So let's go back to the beginning with a zygote. A zygote is the name of a fertilised egg cell. So when the sperm meets an egg cell, that that uh, fusion of nuclei creates this new cell called a zygote. Now that can mature into any type of body cell. And we call the cells that come from this zygote, so this zygote starts to divide into a ball of cells, and one cell becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. Those cells we describe as being totipotent stem cells. Basically, they are undifferentiated dividing cells that we find in animal tissues. Once those cells differentiate, so when I say undifferentiated, I mean they haven't become... uh, or haven't developed a specialised structure, if you like. When we refer to cell differentiation, what we refer to is the process by which each cell develops into a specialised structure suited to the role it will carry out. So stem cells are undifferentiated. They don't have any role at the moment. They can truly become anything. These cells can become uh, liver, neuron, heart, muscle. Uh, They can become uh, cells of the retina. They could become, I'm just thinking any other cell, blood cells, for example. Any cell in the body that you can think of, these cells can become because they haven't differentiated yet. Once these cells differentiate and become specialised, they can then no longer develop into other types of cells, so they lose this totipotency. Cell specialisation is different to differentiation. Specialisation is a result of the selective expression of certain genes. So this means that only part of the DNA of a cell is ultimately translated into proteins, and that's a separate podcast in itself. Now, stem cells undergo a process of self-renewal, and that is they divide constantly with the ability to relocate and differentiate as required, and that's what makes stem cells so useful, particularly uh, along, well, in the very early stages of the differentiation pathway. The constant division of the cells, the ability to relocate and differentiate into whatever tissue you you kind of put those cells into, is what we can use therapeutically. So let's think about totipotent cells and something called pluripotent cells, because then we can really get into the crux of what these embryonic stem cells are. 
So totipotent cells are these early cells. They're cells produced from the division of the zygote. Now, this is crucial for up to five days after fertilization. Now, those cells are what we call embryonic stem cells. In text, they're often shortened to ESC. Now, it's these that can differentiate to become any cell type. So this is the first of the two key cell types that I want to talk about. These embryonic stem cells, cells from the zygote up to five days after fertilization has occurred. Now, at this point as well, it's worth mentioning something called pluripotent cells. Because if you look at, if you take the zygote and then after five days of division, you, I've said one cell becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. You get this ball of cells and that ball of cells we give a, a special name to. It's called the blastocyst. Now, the cells of the inner mass of that blastocyst we call pluripotent cells. Now, that includes the embryonic stem cells that I've already mentioned, but also something called fetal stem cells. Now, these pluripotent cells, like the embryonic stem cells, they have the potential to create every cell type in the body except the placenta. So we can still make use of these. These are still uh, vital to us. They just become every cell except placenta. The placental stem cells are found solely in the placenta and they can develop into specific cells as required. If you were to actually kind of look at a, a picture of a blastocyst, if you like, this giant ball of cells, you'd almost see this, this inner cell mass and the outer ring and it's the outer cells of the blastocyst that go to form the placenta and it's the inner part that will ultimately go on to form uh, the fetus. So we're talking about these totipotent cells that can become differentiate into anything and pluripotent cells, cells of the inner mass of the blastocyst that includes these embryonic stem cells and fetal stem cells. So we now have these undifferentiated cells, but what can we do with them? Well, first of all, we need to culture them. We need to culture them. So an early embryo is ultimately cultured in a nutrient medium. So we take an early embryo, we put it into a nutrient medium to allow it to grow, and the outer layer collapses and it's the inner cell mass that is freed from the embryo if you like and it's that that we need chemicals and then added to break up that that big cell mass into smaller groups so what you get are these little groups of embryonic stem cells if you like and each group then grows into a separate colony so on a petri dish you'd see all these different colonies of embryonic stem cells now you can add i mean this is going it's quite a simplistic way of looking at in vitro culturing of human embryonic stem cells. This is much more technical, and in another podcast we could talk about that. But ultimately, once you've got these colonies of stem cells, by adding these what are called special differentiation factors, just different chemicals to each of the colonies, we can start to get different cells developing. So if we were to take uh, these colonies and put them into separate containers, add these special differentiation factors... What you could get are maybe colonies of heart muscle cells. You could get colonies of pancreatic beta cells growing. Colony of neurons, nerve cells. And then you can transfer those differentiated cells to damaged tissues. And this is why uh, people very strongly believe that we should be using these embryos to harvest embryonic stem cells for stem cell research. These embryos are already produced for fertility treatments. So it makes sense 
Well, you could argue it makes sense to just use the spare embryos for research rather than just destroying them. Now, again, it depends on the individual here when, when you would say life begins. But an embryo, for, for many, is such, it's at such an early stage of development that people just say it's a ball of cells. They don't say that it's a living being, a living person. It hasn't developed maybe consciousness, sentience, anything like that. An embryo for many is just a ball of cells. So why not use it? We can treat diseases therapeutically using embryonic stem cells. And they can be induced to develop a wide range of different human tissues. So let's talk about actually what could we do with embryonic stem cells? Why would we want these? Well, there's a myriad of potential uses for human cells produced from embryonic stem cells. If you think of a type of cell in the body that could be damaged, there's many diseases that could be treated by using stem cells, by putting in these, if you like, undifferentiated cells that will replace maybe the damaged ones. So take heart muscle, for example. We could treat any type of heart damage with stem cells, maybe a heart attack. Heart attack, known as a myocardial infarction, is an area of cell death. So rather than having a heart, an organ with a patch of cells that have died, which would compromise heart function, replace that patch with stem cells. Put in new stem cells into the heart. It will grow because of the nature of the tissue that those cells are in. These undifferentiated stem cells will grow into heart almost growing new pieces of heart for us if you like if it's easier to think of like that skeletal muscle cells if you take a condition like muscular dystrophy problem with the skeletal muscle cell replace it put in a stem cell it will grow into brand new skeletal muscle beta cells of the pancreas for type 1 diabetes it's an autoimmune condition where the beta cells have been damaged and we're not producing insulin replace them it really is simple as that. Replace them. Put the stem cells in and the stem cells will regrow a new region of beta cells of the pancreas in the area called the islets of Langerhans. And that could keep going. Nerve cells, if we think about Parkinson's, MS, strokes, Alzheimer's, spinal injury, paralysis, uh, blood problems, leukemia, blood diseases, skin, even skin cells we can replace for mainly burns, wounds. We can replace that damaged tissue by putting in stem cells that will regrow into the tissue we want bone cells and osteoporosis cartilage cells osteoarthritis even macular degeneration so damage that we've done to the retina or retinal cells of the eye all of these conditions we can treat therapeutically using embryonic stem cells because they haven't differentiated they haven't specialized yet they can become whatever we want them to become we just have to add these differentiation factors but let's talk about why people are against them. And then that will lead us nicely into why people would rather use adult stem cells. And that's right, there are stem cells in the adult. So as I said, it depends on the individual when you say life begins. But for many, you, the use of embryonic stem cells really undermines the respect for human life. It, it, it comes back to this idea of when, when you say life starts. For some, the moment that the sperm meets the egg and you form the zygote, that fertilised cell, that is it, that's the beginning. So we're not respecting human life, we're just using it for our own end, if you like. Some argue that actually it could lead to the use of fetuses and newborn babies purely for the purpose of stem cell research. 
And then we delve into a whole other territory, so leading into cloning of humans and research that basically could be used for purposes other than the one it was solely intended for. But the main reason people are against embryonic stem cell research is because there are alternative ways of producing stem cells, such as a bone marrow transplant to produce hemopoietic cells, or blood, blood cells, if you think. So let's start talking about adult stem cells and where these come from. So I mentioned earlier about these pluripotent cells, cells that are very similar to totipotent cells. They just don't become placenta, but it can still become everything uh, else. Pluripotent cells that have become even further specialised are then known as multipotent cells. And these are the cells that uh, many argue we should be using. Multipotent cells include adult stem cells and also things called umbilical cord blood stem cells. Now, adult stem cells are found throughout body tissues of the fetus through to the adult, and they help to maintain and repair tissues of specific organs that they're located in. We could go a step further from these uh, multipotent cells. There is something called unipotent stem cells, and these can only differentiate into a single type of cell, such as like a skin cell. And these actually are derived from the multipotent stem cells, and they're made in adult tissue. So when we think about adult stem cells, we're talking about much more specialised uh, pluripotent cells that are found in body tissues of the fetus and the adult. Even further, we can uh, utilise unipotent stem cells, but they only differentiate to a single type of cell. So we don't really want to be using them ideally for this kind of research. But let's talk about why uh, we don't use these adult stem cells. I mean, we've talked about the purpose of them, and I've said all these conditions can be treated therapeutically, and that, that still stands. I mean, that is what stem cell technology is uh, ideally going to help us to achieve. But the question is, why not just use these adult stem cells then? And it's because they've become further specialised that kind of creates the problem for us. So why not just use adult stem cells instead of embryonic ones? Well, they are limited use in research to begin with. Because they are further along the specialising specialising specialisation pathway, apologies, they're much more limited than what we can do with them. They can't. They don't have totipotency. They can't become everybody, uh, every body cell type. So the research that we do is limited, and scientists have not yet identified cells for every type of mature body cell. But. The crux of it, really, the reason why we don't use adult stem cells in the same way we use embryonic ones, or we don't want to harvest them like we do embryonic stem cells, is because these adult stem cells give rise to a limited number of other cells. And I said, for example, the hemopoietic cells in bone marrow, producing the red blood cells, the white blood cells, and the platelets. Yes, we can access these adult stem cells, but they are often only in very minute quantities, and the numbers of these stem cells actually decrease with age. Now, age is really important because uh, when you age, what you find is that the DNA is often damaged. You often have DNA damage due to the aging process in these adult stem cells. Toxins also do it. Random DNA mutations can also do it. So they're the main three. Aging, toxins, and random DNA mutations often result in 
mutated DNA being found in these adult stem cells, which clearly is not ideal. We do not want to be using cells that have the potential to mutate and develop into maybe something far, far worse. Because if they mutate and allow to undifferentiate, maybe uncontrollably, that would then lead to tumour formation, and that's clearly not an ideal scenario. But let's say we do have them. Let's say we find these adult stem cells and there's no damage. It would take time, a significant amount of time, to mature in a culture to produce adequate numbers for treatment. And if we're trying to use these stem cells therapeutically, that's, again, that's not the situation we want to be in. So not only do we get just a limited number of cells from these adult stem cells, they're hard to find, uh, often damaged, and it takes time to get an adequate number. So they're the key reasons why we don't want to be using the adult stem cells. What we want to be using are the embryonic stem cells, those that we can harvest from the early embryo. But as I said before, there's a number of, well, a number of reasons for and against their use. Yes, ethically, some would argue it's questionable, but also medically, there are some really strong reasons for using them, but also strong reasons not to. So that's a little bit of an introduction to stem cells and the argument against using embryonic stem cells against adult stem cells. I hope that was interesting. Thank you for listening.